Oh, wow. Good morning. Nice to see you all here this morning. Listen, we've had some really true, truly great teachings and sat under some amazing revelations around our psalm series. And so this morning I will be coming to you and speaking to you about Psalms 23.4. I also understand that the All Blacks lost. So this message is quite fitting for you fans. <laughs> Okay, so the, so the word this morning comes from Psalms 23.4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word this morning. A few years back, Craig and I, we were able to go on holiday to Bali. And we were really excited about this holiday because we were going to be meeting up with my niece and nephew, T and Chris. And so a lot of planning had gone into this holiday, as you do with holidays. We were able to get there a few hours early, so we took the opportunity to go to the villa and just check it out, you know, get the best room. <laughs> And so we were at the villa and Craig was on one side of the villa checking out one room and I was on another side of the villa having a look at another room. And as I was standing there in the doorway looking into this bedroom, I noticed a shadow. And just as I was noticing the shadow, I felt something move across my feet. I know. <laughs> and then as I looked down, I saw this huge long snake slither across my feet. I'm glad you think that's funny. <laughs> and I, I did, I did what anybody would do and I lost it. I started to scream. I screamed, snake, snake. And this, by this time, my husband and I had been married for about 14 years. He just didn't seem to believe the urgency in my <laughs> scream. Needless to say, I decided that this was going to be a good idea to follow the snake. And so I followed the snake. I followed the snake. I watched it go over the rocks. And then I watched it go along the pool and along the dining room wall. And I watched it go underneath the dining room table. And I just kept on following it until it settled behind the water cooler in the kitchen. And even though I was freaking out, I kept on walking. Even though my response was to scream the neighborhood down, I kept on walking. Even though I wanted to murder Craig for his lack of urgency, I kept on walking. Even though the thought of snakes just gets my skin crawling, I kept on walking. Even though I was outside of my comfort zone, I kept on walking. Even though I did not know how this was going to end for me, I kept on walking. You see, I was determined not to allow the snake to dictate the outcome of this holiday. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You know, when I used to hear the scripture, I used to always hear it at funerals. And when you read the scripture, your first idea would be to think that of valleys and shadows as very lowly places. 
places of despair, of grief, discouragement, places of defeat. And you know, if that was what you were thinking, you'd be right in thinking that these valleys represent very lowly places in life. But if you look at this from a different perspective, you may come to understand that valleys represent more than just low places. In fact, valleys more often than not are most a very fertile ground because of its proximity to water source. Therefore, valleys are very rich and for fertile soil. In fact, valleys are more fertile and produce more life than mountaintops. And valleys are considered to be a very vital part of the ecosystem. And valleys provide much needed replenishment and nutrients for sheep on their journey. By the end of today, I hope to have kind of shifted your perspective around valleys, that you would start to see valleys as very fertile ground and a very crucial part of our faith journey. Amen? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I read this sentence and it kind of did my head in a little bit. Meditated on it, prayed and studied and kind of really dug into this. And I thought, how could David find himself in a fertile place but be dealing with this internal turmoil? How could David understand the richness of a valley and yet describe it as being a place of death and darkness? How can I be thriving at work, but my marriage is falling apart? How can I be surrounded by so many people and yet still feel so lonely? How can I be at the top of my academic studies, but be contemplating suicide? How can my ministry be at the best it's ever been, but I feel like... I'm just overwhelmed with all these insecurities. How can I be living in my dream home, driving my dream car, yet be dealing with terminal illness? How can I be making more money than I've ever made before, yet I despise my job? How can I be successful in this area and be dealing with addictions in this area? How can God, the good shepherd, have me walking through this fertile place and yet all I see is death and darkness. You see, this internal valley that David is referring to here, it happens to everyone. Born again, atheist, tall, short, black, white, yellow, rich, poor, everyone. No one is exempt from these valley experiences. The only difference is who we put our trust in. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. In terms of our faith, valleys are where faith is tested, stretched, strengthened, proven, and challenged. And for David, this Psalms 23, 4 verse is not his first valley experience. In fact, David's first valley experience happens in the Valley of Elah, where the Battle of David and Goliath took place. And if you're not um, familiar with that, David is, David is a shepherd, Goliath is a giant. I'm t- cutting this real short. Um, and Goliath gets killed by David with stones. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so verse 3 says, The Philistines stood on one mountain and on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with the valley that ran between them. This valley was the valley of Elah, where Israel drew their battle lines. We move down to verse 4, and verse 4 says, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. And you're probably sitting there thinking, why are you telling us this? Because visually, this Goliath was someone to fear. His sole purpose of coming out to the front lines or decked out in his gear was to instill fear. Because Goliath understood that it was fear and fear alone was all it was going to take to win this battle. Goliath then goes on to say, he stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and aren't you the servants of Saul? In other words, aren't you just a minor character? Aren't you, aren't you a nobody, insignificant, irrelevant? Aren't you that person? See, and not hearing these words, the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and every evening, and he took his stand. 40 days, Goliath came out or decked out in his armor, threatening them and stealing their peace by reminding them of just how insignificant they were. The Israelites came, became very struck by fear from what they had seen and what they had heard, disheartened, discouraged, and consumed by fear. See, the enemy, the enemy knows how to instill fear in a fertile place. The enemy wants you and I to believe that only death and fear awaits us in the valley because he understands and he knows if we ever understood how fertile and rich the valley is in the growing of our faith, how powerful and destructive our faith can be in the pulling down of strongholds, if we only just declare how magnanimous our God is in the valley, the enemy wouldn't stand a chance. Yet for some of us, the enemy has more faith in God than you do in the valley. We ought to be like David. 1 Samuel 17, 47 says, David said to the Philistine, and this, this verse gets me very excited, so you have to excuse me if I get a bit tongue-tied on this. <laughs> David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day will de he will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down, cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those who gathered here will know that there is that the Lord says, not by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's yes. and he will give you all into our hands. Yes. Woo! Yeah. You said, this is, this is David speaking to the shadow in the valley. 
David had a firm understanding and trust in who God is in the valley. And he understood he needed to separate himself from those who had become paralyzed and familiar with fear. He positioned himself in this valley, in this fertile place where the shadow of fear had been cast by Goliath. It was in the valley that God resourced him for victory. I'll say that one again. It was in the valley that God resourced him for victory. Ultimately, it was David's faith in the valley that positioned him in his purpose. David has been in valleys before. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Israel drew the battle lines in the valley, therefore, the battle can only be won in the valley. Purpose is positioned in the valley. Resilience is forced in the valley. Strength is built in the valley. Courage is forged in the valley. Perseverance is outworked in the valley. Trust is cultivated in the valley. Loyalty is tested in the valley. Boldness is measured in the valley. Breakthroughs are achieved in the valley. Victories are won in the valley. Fear is conquered in the valley. Faith is tested in the valley. Protection and guidance are promised in the valley. Comfort is ours in the valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Listen, mountaintop experiences can only be celebrated because of the battles won in the valleys. Is there anyone here who has been through a valley, going through a valley, coming out of a valley? If that is you, I want you to high five two people. Awesome. Awesome. Because you need to know you're in good company. You need to know you're in good company. You know, 21 years ago, I I was a single mum, a single mum, and I had been a Christian for roughly just over a a year, about a year and a half. And during this time, I was trying so desperately to live this wholesome Christian life, so desperately. And I began working through some of my brokenness and the residue from my past. And during that time, I'll tell you now, I, I was just so hungry for love. I was so hungry for love. And it was during that period that I fell pregnant to my 21-year-old son. I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. In that time of my Christian walk, I felt like the biggest failure. I felt like I had taken a hundred steps backwards. I need you to hear this other part, though. My son wasn't the failure. The failure was me going outside of God to try and meet this need. And it was the most darkest time of my Christian walk. It it was a time where I had allowed the enemy to override everything that I had learned about God up to that point. And the enemy was quick to remind me of who I was and just how insignificant I was. And all these words as a child came rushing back at me and I felt the world just closing in. See, I started to feel like I was never going to be enough. I'm never going to be enough and I'm always going to be a failure. I'm always going to fail Myself, I'm always going to fail those around me. I'm, I'm going to fail God yet again. And I would wake up 
day in, day out, week after week, feeling pretty unworthy. See, I had allowed fear to govern who I was in Christ and who I, whose I was. And I had allowed fear to dictate the level of my faith. And so I began to isolate myself from people. I would keep the curtain shut. I would only go out of the house if I really needed to. And I, when I would leave the house, I would make sure that certain people wouldn't be around, those ones that I knew would condemn and judge me. You know, the ones that judge you harsher than God. And so my solution was to disconnect and isolate from God and from community and from life. And you see, I was driven by the fear of what people would say about me. I was driven by the fear of what people would do. I was driven by the fear of not knowing how this was going to end for me. And one afternoon while I was out doing my groceries with my little girl, Jade, who's here in the audience, (laughs) I was pushing her along the pram and And as I was pushing along the pram, this man pulled up across the road and he parked his car across the road and he started walking towards me. And as he was starting to walk towards me, I was just thinking, oh, no, 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 no. Because I was in don't talk to me mode. And I was like, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. And I'm pushing my pram to try and get get away from him. But he caught up to me and he stood beside the pram and he says to me, I drove out from North Shore and I've been out here in Pukekohe since 7 o'clock this morning. And I have been out here all day and I was just on my way home and I wasn't even sure why I was out here. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, well, don't ask me. I can't help you. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just like, oh, just leave, let me go. I, I want to go. And he then proceeds to say to me, it was because of you. God woke me up this morning and brought me out here for you. And then he began to prophesy hope and forgiveness and healing and God's truth. And he thus saith the Lord, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. And you see, my initial reaction to that was, God, would you just leave me alone? Could you just leave me alone? I will fail you. I will fail you over and over again. Could you leave me alone? You see, in that response, that response was driven by fear. Needless to say, this man, he continued to prophesy and he continued to pray. And next thing you know, I find myself on the side of this road, bawling my eyes out. Bawling my eyes out. And by the time he was done, I was able to lift my head. And there was something happened in that moment and fear subsided and strength took over. Darkness subsided and love and grace took over. You see, and because of this encounter 21 years ago, I declared that I would never allow fear to dictate my level of faith and who I am in Christ if I am ever overshadowed by darkness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. First Samuel 17, 8, 9 says, Goliath speaking, he says, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight me, and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Family, we have a choice to make in the valley. We either conquer the fear and make it subject to God, or we succumb to the fears and become its subject, ultimately serving fear instead of God. 
See, valleys are fertile ground for the growing of our faith. And that shadow, that shadow must be made subject to God. Here's the thing about shadows. Shadows can only exist where there is light. I'll say this one again. Shadows can only exist where there is light. The bigger the shadow, the closer you are to the light. The closer David got to Goliath, the bigger Goliath became, the closer David was to being positioned for his purpose. All of this is happening in the valley. See, the valley of the shadow of death, believe it or not, is working in your favour. I know how it feels. I know it hurts. I know it's uncomfortable. I know you want to give up. I know it feels like the world is closing in on you, but... You need to hear this. The bigger the shadow, the closer you are to your breakthrough. The bigger the shadow, the closer you are to your restoration. The bigger the shadow, the closer you are to your healing. The bigger the shadow, the closer you are to your promise. The bigger the shadow, the closer you are to your purpose. We must not allow the shadows we encounter in the valley to dictate the level of our faith. Don't allow that shadow to cause you to give up or abandon your faith. Can I invite our keyboardist up, please? Because the testing of our faith, family, it does not happen on the mountaintops. The testing of our faith happens in the valley. Can you trust God with your valley experiences? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You know, at the beginning of this um, sermon, I shared a story about a snake. And just in case you were thinking this was like one of those fish stories, you know, it was this big, but it turned it out to be this big. <laughs> we know those stories. I've got, a, I've got a video here of a, the snake catcher that we called in to take care of the snake. I know. I know, right? It was for real. You see, my niece and nephew had such a great holiday. They had a blast when we were in Bali. And it wasn't until we were at the airport waiting for their flight home that we decided to tell them about the snake. And if it wasn't for that video, they would never have believed us because what we didn't want to do was we didn't want fear to dictate their experiences and the outcome of the holiday. Our faith does not ignore the realities of what we encounter in the valley. But what it should do is start to make us see valleys as rich and fertile soil to increase our capacity, grow our faith and our trust in God. It is where we develop our even though responses to life's challenges. Even though I am in a challenging situation, even though I am facing tremendous struggle, even though I have never been here before, even though life is tough right now, even though I do not know how this is going to end, even though the all blacks, blacks lost, even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You know, before I finish, let's say that verse together. Let's get it in us. Ready? 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Amen.